0: The speaker.
1: And we're live with Ricky Bird. I don't know if they heard that or not. Doesn't matter. Ricky. I don't care, I don't care about anything. <laughs> I can tell that. Wait, what did you telling me? I'm it doesn't matter if I have shadows. I'm famous already. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so I haven't seen your face in a couple of years, actually. Just on uh Ricky girl. Ah, come on. You know, Ricky, I'm serious. Before before we get into anything else, I've been listening. I've been listening, looping you. And, you know, I love everything you've done with everybody, Joan Jett and with Ethan Hunter and with Roger Daltrey. But I love you best when you're just being Ricky Bird. I love your music. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. And, um, and I have to tell you that you're, you have your totally own thing. I always know when it's a Ricky Bird song. I always know I can tell your guitar licks. I know your voice, oh, but you great. definitely have influence in your songwriting, so yes. right, so "Alien" is so to me John Lennon-ish. When you start, do you know that?
0: Have you? Uh, John Lennon-ish. I didn't think of that on that particular song, but what that about that song? I don't think okay. people got the lyrics as much as I wanted them to, because that's as close to political what? stuff as I get. You, you got to. Okay, so explain. Like, so
1: give it. Tell us what that means.
0: No, I mean it, it's just. I mean tell us what the lyrics are okay here's what aliens about okay all right and i was telling you know i'm on wicked cool little stevens label right yes so i do. I, know that. I just i just told him this story he was hysterical this is how the song happened okay and i was watching the day the earth stood still on tcm right i go to sleep and I yeah. have a dream i have a dream yeah that i'm sitting at one of those like little round tables sort of like where you're in a police station and they're sort of interrogating you Right, you know the one light over it. But <laughs> they were like there were four al- four aliens sitting opposite me.
1: Wait, and- wait, just one second before you continue. Did those aliens were they green?
0: What what did aliens look like? Uh, they look like like movie aliens. Okay, it's a, it's a dream. What are you gonna do here? <laughs> Is this an interrogation? <laughs>
1: yes.
0: So yes. so I got these aliens right and yeah and and, and dream and so so Stephen yeah sitting. In one of the chairs next to me, yeah. and I told him, I said, I didn't, I don't know. I can't remember if you were Silvio. We were the fixer from your other show, right? You, or are you Steven? But you were the mediator and I was trying to buy us more time. Earthlings.
1: Wow. And I woke up
0: and I wrote and I literally sat down with a piece of paper and I wrote aliens. So if you listen to the lyrics, it'll give. Okay. This is homework for everybody that's listening. Homework. I hate homework. No, I'm sorry.
1: Okay, go ahead.
0: And so so, yeah, so that it's it's as far as and believe me, I got plenty of opinions politically, but like uh, as far as um, writing something like that, I mean, there's just a couple of lines in there about. You know, politicians and such, but I'm just trying to buy us more time they're they're basically, you know, they're ready, just like in the movie, they're going to say it's like, get your shit together or we're going to destroy you. So that's what aliens about. Musically, yeah, um,
1: which which did you, you write glam. first? The li- did you write the music, the the lyric, or I the did, music no, or? no, I
0: wrote. The, I always write the music first, but I mean, I knew. I woke up. I knew what I was going to write about. You know, and I started playing that riff. Uh, the thing about this new batch of songs and the the ones that have been out so far last year, I had uh, Glam Demic Blues. That was from me sitting down here okay
1: doing... okay okay wait I love that one too and okay. I just want to say for me that one Mata Hoopo.
0: yes right yeah but I'm doing, uh, doing no it's Ricky bird doing yeah, I know Ricky bird is 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 a is a complete bunch of those things that I grew up with when of course I was 14 and 15 but I made a conscious decision to all this music that I'm putting out now I want it to be the kind of music that excited me when I was 14 sitting. Mm-hmm. In my bedroom in my parents' house, you know, with the big headphones, and the little stereo <laughs> on the side, right? And 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 I'm achieving it because I'm just writing stuff that, you know, there's always like ear candy in it. And those two songs, "Alien" and um, uh, "Glam Demic Blues," are complete glam, you know. I mean, Absolutely. something we did with the Blackguards, you know. It's that right. Song. And 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 then there's other stuff like Luann is. Love is, Luann.
1: That that's but, a throwback to me from your first CD.
0: Yeah, it's a little, it's like little Richardy. Rich-y. I love it. Richard-y. Richard-y. Um <laughs> And that's the only song out of this batch that has any kind of recovery leanings to it. I made a conscious decision that I've written enough recovery songs for now. So Luann is about that's what that's about, you know. Wait,
1: what, what's Luanne, what that's Luanne, about? Luanne, I've listened know. to it, but I don't know what, what you're you saying. Mean,
0: you don't listen to lyrics, do you? I do listen to lyrics, you just, but you just dance around <laughs> your room. I sit here freaking bleeding over a piece of paper writing lyrics. Hey,
1: listen, I grew up with and Bob you're Dylan. Just, was...
0: You're just dancing around a room ignoring my lyrics.
1: I, I love lyrics, but yeah, I love lyrics. I, I haven't sat down and listened sitting down. I've, I've been listening while I've been, you know, multitasking. So I haven't. Luann,
0: a... Luann, uh, you got to. Uh, uh, if anybody could, you can. I'm giving home right. to somebody. Why don't you get yourself, why don't you go out and get yourself right, Luann, you know? But the whole song is about, you're looking at life from the bottom up, you know? Ah. So that's the only song that has a recovery uh, sort of uh, angle to it.
1: But you've written a lot of recovery music.
0: Right. That's the two records before the the batch that I'm doing now. So the batch I'm doing now. Right. um, I was in the studio last night, which is one of the reasons I'm wearing glasses, because I've got luggage under my eyes (laughs) from being in the studio. (laughs) <laughs> um, but um i've got nine songs done um i got maybe you know to complete a record so i have b-sides i need like fourteen right. songs or something. right i'm close and and i'm on wicked cool records right and little steven fantastic uh, he's been involved uh, i finally got some uh actual communication with little Steven because he's so busy right yeah but i sent sent him this new one that he just loved and then we started talking and now we have this communication so we're going up to uh me and my co-producer bob stander and uh willie nile nice and, and we're going up to wicked cool the studio they have up in the office and Steven said to me now take into consideration i record way out in long island right okay so it's a bit it's a schlep for anybody to come out there and do backgrounds with me right I, i've had it done but it's a whole production so I wind up singing all my own. Everything you heard is all me, basically.
1: Wow! Singing
0: so all the backgrounds, and he said to me, "On certain songs, I don't. It's too precise, which is a word that's never been associated with me." <laughs> um, and, 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 and he said, "I want you come up here, and we'll get around the mic without you, and we'll sing some backgrounds on, on t- these two songs that he wants to." Nice. See. So that's that'll be fun. We'll get some photos um so about the photos
1: it, well if, it, if it, there isn't a picture it didn't happen
0: and exactly. you know that's just
1: the way that goes so you're doing a lot of singles now which i love because they come out quickly and they bam 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 but is there going to be another cd or what are you doing
0: so i finished the last two records sobering times and clean getaway and i say you know right. those two records it was worth doing a whole full length because i would take them into treatment facilities that i would do recovery music groups and i would give copies to the clients they call them right when i left but i in general i couldn't see the worth of recording 12 songs when only one or two are going to wind up on underground garage mm. you know maybe people are buying but at, in, at this point does everybody listen to all the songs on an album you listen to it once right unless it's like your favorite record so i said i, I, I stream you, everything you know, Okay. I mean, you're, but when
1: I'm streaming an album, I stream the whole thing.
0: You're an exception to the rule. I mean, even mm. me, when I get a record, I probably, you know, you listen to the whole thing once and then even the maybe new that's true, even the new stones record. I listen to it once. And then I go to the songs I like. Right. 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 So I said to Steven when, um, he said, you know, let's be on wicked cool. And he said it just like that. You should be on wicked cool. Um, that was my mob voice. Anyway. Uh, I said, okay, but I want to do singles. See, I want to be like Tommy James in 1966. I just want to put singles out. Turns out all of a sudden I got like, you know, 14 tracks done, you know? I'm like, like, well, well, I guess that's a full length record, isn't it? So um, as the sooner I hand it in, because of the fact that there's only a few vinyl factories now, I think there's not more than two or three in the world. Yeah, so everybody's so behind that if I handed in the record tomorrow, it's not going to come out until at least late fall. Which is fine, because they'll put out some, you know, a couple of more singles and this and that. And um, and that's what we're up to. So I'm just trying to, I'm on a little bit of a hurry to at least finish it and hand it in with the artwork and such. And um, we just did a video for uh, Rhapsody and Blues, which is my instrumental Jeff Beck tribute. Which you know, I, I
1: want to talk to you about Jeff for 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 a minute because you and I are two people that he is he is the one, and um, we saw him a month before he died, yeah. and it was one of the greatest concerts I've ever been to in my. Jeff was so present. I saw him at the Hollywood Bowl a, a few years before, and he just called it in. You know, he did oh, it with really? Rod Stewart. Yeah, because he did it with Rods. It was really Rods. It was billed as the two of them, but it was yeah. Rods' like Vegas show. And then oh, Jeff yeah, came out like and did a few songs with him, and uh-huh. he wasn't into it. And and it just he only played like four songs, which was so disappointing for those of us who came for him. But this concert that we saw right at and, the end of his life, he was so into it. He was for the under- minute
0: he comes on, like we saw him because Carol Carol my wife Carol's a publicist hi
1: Carol I know she's not watching she'll hear later
0: yeah (laughs) she was doing his publicity uh for the live at the Iridium right wow is is which we went to see but we saw him at, at Jones Beach I don't know well it was obviously before uh the pandemic couple of years before the pandemic Mm -hmm. and from the minute he even before he walks out like there's smoke on the stage and you hear him playing with the whammy bar like the motorcycle yeah and as soon as he started doing that the hair on my arms went up (laughs) there's only a few people that musicians that make me tear up like i do jeff beck from the minute he starts playing i get really emotional i don't know why i mean i know why because nobody plays like jeff beck nobody plays you know, like and, Jeff and you beck. know what like people of my demographic if you listen to our guitar playing there's a little clapton there's a little jimmy page a little paul kossoff there's a little peter, peter green
1: mm-hmm.
0: not really anybody plays like jeff beck right because he thinks nobody. from another from another galaxy and he would get bored just playing blues he would start playing blues and then he'd go into this other cool stuff so when he would do like uh, day in the life or something, I would be mm-hmm. like a l- little kid crying, right? <laughs> when we saw him at the Iridium, I was sitting between Steve Miller and Meatloaf. That's how long ago it was because Meatloaf wow. was gone yep. for a of years. And he did, it was either Day in the Life or it was one of those cool instrumentals. Uh, and I just like lost it, right? <laughs> and then i I'd go to Meatloaf and i say, dude, I'm like bawling. And he goes, I was crying since he started. I mean and every guitar player in town was at this gig right so he did that to me um and we went to see paul rogers at bb king's that was a while ago because that's been Mm -hmm. closed for years and when paul rogers opened his mouth I got like that also now part of it has to do with hearing the voices that you loved when you were 14 is Mm -hmm. that part of it's also because i got to do what i wanted to do when i was 14. So there's a lot of things involved in why I get emotional about it, but also uh, the 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 refrain in Rhapsody in Blue, the Gershwin song, whenever mm-hmm. it goes to, da, 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 I immediately get emotional. There's something about those notes, and 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 i, I often asked if there's something scientific about a, a group of notes together that wow that makes one and I've been told, well, Van Zandt told me in no uncertain terms. Absolutely. No shit. Like, do you know what they like? can No idea. I, I don't know what it is. Wow. But there's certain things. Hey, look, when you look, look at a painting, I'm, I'm not a painting guy. Like I'm like, a like sounds. Yeah, me too. And I'm not visual. People, yeah. Certain people look at a certain painting. They get emotional. They see something. Mm-hmm. What it has to do with, I don't have a clue. But every time I hear a Rhapsody, even when it was that horrible uh, airline commercial, I, I would, I would, <laughs> the hair would automatically go up on, on my arms, you know? So that kind of stuff. Also, whenever I would hear, um, you know, I got to play with Ian Hunter and tour with him. And, uh, which I want to hear about, because, uh, yeah. But the beginning of All the Young Dudes, when I hear that riff, I, I get that lump in my throat,
1: and it. Might I so be really I, I, I so them. get it. I so get everything that you're saying. You know, I know you played with Daltrey too, and we'll talk about that. But when I went to see, the, I saw the Who for the first time, like six years ago or something, at the Hollywood Bowl, and Pete Townsend made me cry like the whole night long. Like he blew. I had no idea. I mean, I knew, but I didn't know. I didn't know till I sat there and watched that happening live. He is an unbelievable guitar. I mean, he blew my mind. He's and he he's, plays
0: he plays like no one else. See, that's the thing. There's there's like the master of guitar total, to me. I mean, the generation after me is Eddie Van Halen, right? Right. But although just, that's, that's, that's like shredding. That's different though. That's not like
1: from the Kishkas playing like Beck does. Right, it's but, different. But,
0: but but to the people, a generation after me, it is. And and that's just the way it's supposed to be. But but that total master of the guitar. Keith Richards to me is the master of rhythm guitar. Right. Pete Townsend was way more of a genius than people give him credit for, as far as the chord patterns he came up with and the songs he wrote. You and know, also I mean, the way
1: knows. he plays the guitar is, The way he holds it, what he does with the strings, where he puts his hands, nobody does that.
0: Well, he's a very complicated man also. No, he is. (laughs) He's not like your friendly, I mean, I don't know if he's friendly, but um, I've met him a couple of times. He wasn't overly friendly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so I hear.
0: (laughs) Until, Until I started talking about recovery, and then he all of a sudden warmed up and started telling me his story. Wow.
1: I didn't know he had
0: a story. Most people, when you meet them and you bond with that, they get really friendly with you you know
1: somebody okay. just said joe bonamassa and you know I, I he's one of the most talented people on the planet but joe doesn't do it he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't, he doesn't touch great, my
0: guitar he guitar. doesn't
1: touch my kishkas he doesn't do okay, for me that
0: mentioning your kishkes,
1: yeah you? i mean it's like all you or, know he's, or i he's will an in- show
0: you I w- or i will show you my hernia scar i promise
1: <laughs> no i mean he you know he's an incredible technician and he's brilliant but he doesn't move me like back and townsend it, it doesn't well, have my a favorite favorite impact
0: new guitar me. player from the old school, I mean, mm-hmm. I love Muddy Waters, but yeah. um, because he was just fun, and I mean, I'm I'm ready, ready as anybody can be, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, just <laughs> great. But Albert King, as far as the uh, guitar players, he does it to me. See, yep. because he plays the least amount of notes mm-hmm. and gets the most effect out of them. He can take I, that's one. It. Note. That's could take it. He can take one note. And bend it like 20 different ways. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And he played played upside down also, with the strings low, the high E on the top bending down. Um, And you know, it's funny. We went to see him. I've been able to. I've been, you know, blessed to meet a lot of people along the way. Um, We went to see him at the Lone Star. And the two things I noticed were. He yelled at. I remember we we went upstairs. He yelled.
1: We were watching at
0: the watching from the balcony. I think. Yeah. And, and he was yelling at his drummer like the whole night, and I was like, "Wow!" And this guy, and he's no he was notorious for that. Really. And, yeah, I don't know if he was drinking before the show or what, mm. but he would yell at his. You know, he wanted perfection. There's a lot of Buddy Rich used to do that. I mean, some people just get very emotional on stage. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember so. In between sets, we were upstairs. Me and Carol upstairs, and we were standing at uh i think there's a, like a little bar up there we were standing up there and i said to the bartender he was Al, albert king was sitting alone at a little round table with a little shot glass he might have had the whole bottle yeah. let's just let's say for the story let's say for the story he had the whole bottle <laughs> okay okay and um he had a shot glass and he's just sitting there by himself drinking and i said to the bartender you think i could go over and meet him and he said well <laughs> That's a bad start right there. He said, Oh, well, yeah. The
1: well should have tipped you off.
0: <laughs> he said, some nights he's really friendly, some nights he's not. I said, oh, I'll give it a shot. It's like, how many times am I going to get this chance? I started walking towards the table and he gave me side eye like never before. And I just completely did a turn and started walking back to him. Well, the
1: basement. same thing happened when I was going over to Larry David on three different occasions. He gave me the side eye and I was like, all right, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Um, By the way, Gigi uh, is here and sends love, and Bill Ricciardi is here and sends love. And he said to tell you, ask you a question. Yeah, I'll
0: give you a Larry David. Okay, go ahead. Is it Gigi or Gigi?
1: You know, I say Gigi, but I don't know. Is it Gigi? Gigi? I don't know. Gigi, tell us, is it Gigi or Gigi? I say Gigi like Gigi like Marie Chevalier, but maybe it's Gigi.
0: Larry David would hate that. He would go. (laughs) You're Gigi, aren't you? <laughs> well, what's with the Gigi?
1: So Bill Ricciardi says um, Birdman is really kicking some ass lately. New record is sizzling. There you go, from Bill. That's re- wow. we go a long way back with Bill, um, and and and, yes. and and Gigi Gigi also mentions, and I have to agree, John, when you were talking about Young and Eddie Van Halen, I was going to say for people around now, young guitarists. John Mayer is a very soulful guitar player. He is a really guitar player. Very soulful. Yeah. Very, very soulful. I think
0: I think he made his mark as this pop singer. Yeah. I think that kind of ruined his like reputation as a guitar player, maybe. Yeah, I think it I think it hurt him. But
1: although I think he's get yeah, but I think I think he's gaining Well then he went out with the Grateful
0: Dead, right? He went out with the Grateful Dead, so that brought it back into that. (laughs) He probably just wants to be a guitar player, you know.
1: Um and but uh Tony Vincent mentions uh, humble pie. And by Carol the way, I
0: to say Carol said that, say hi to, to, to you and Tony Vincent and whoever else. I can't see who you're talking to.
1: Okay. Yeah, I got him up here. Uh Tim Finnegan says I used to walk by you all the time on Sixth Avenue in the early morning as I walked down to Dale Pro Audio on 19th Street. So great to see wow. you here. Um uh Tony mentions that was, mentions, you? That was <laughs> Tony mentions humble pie now this freaked me out I heard you on another uh podcast and you were talking about going to the Academy of Music and you talked about a concert wait with humble pie Jay Giles and Black Oak Arkansas and I saw that show we were at the same we were at the same show we were like 14. I don't know, okay.
0: Vicky that's a coincidence
1: it is but it's but it but it's also. I don't know. It's kind of weird to well,
0: know. listen, that... I'm I'm at the age where the Fillmore. I saw like three shows at the Fillmore. I but saw more than that, the, and it, I was here. It, young, was, yeah. at it was at too. the end. Me too. Me too. So, so the the Academy of Music was my place to see concerts. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't see, you know, I was friends with Leslie West and stuff, and, and he would he, he would talk about the Action House, and those kind of places. And, and, and I didn't go the to the Action House. The cafe Wa. I never saw the. I went, never went to the Cafe Wa. I mean, I went,
1: I did the jam 20 million years later, but no, I didn't go there either. Yeah.
0: So like I, I,
1: although I did uh, go to the other end. Did you, I saw Carly Simon at the other end in like 1971 and yeah.
0: Yeah. But you're talking, those places were still open. The the thing about the the film were closed soon after I started going. Me too. And then, and the Academy of Music, I saw a million shows there and um, you know, my clubs that I went to were like Matches, Kansas city and nobodies and, the Mercer Art Center, and, and, you know, I mean, it's interesting because um, I did a recovery show for my friend, Rich Pagano, at the um, City Winery uh-huh. last month, I think it was, and it was great. I got to uh, meet Yorma Kokonin from Jefferson. Airplane I saw your friend. stuff online
1: about that.
0: Yeah, now we talk on the phone. It's whoever thought. Oh, maybe we were texting. But, yeah, that's great. But, um, uh, what was
1: i gonna say what we hey wait a minute on? i'm getting all you with all these people for all sober i want you to get me yorma for this oh yeah I'll i would love them. that i would love that so and all right so since well, you said wait. Wait. so so
0: we're doing this we're yeah we're doing this thing uh at um damn, city Panama. winery yeah but uh, why was it why did i bring it up what were we talking about
1: before like you were trucks? talking about recovery you were
0: talking about recovery um yeah it was a great recovery show but i'm going to tell you something that happened backstage Okay, so all of us, me, Yorma, Jimmy Vivino. I'm sure you know Jimmy. Love, Jimmy's done the show. Yeah, I yeah. love Jimmy. John Sebastian.
1: I I met John Sebastian because of Jimmy, Jimmy. So we I were went,
0: all on yeah. the same, we were all on the show and I opened the, the show, I came out with my acoustic and I did a song from, um, I think it was Sobering Times. I did something from Sobering Times. But um, so what happened was, I see Yorma sitting there with his guitar and he's playing some blues. Jimmy was playing my Gibson J 200 and I said, give me my guitar back. He gives me the guitar and I start playing blues. Jimmy picks up like, a, I think it was a mando guitar, which is like a mandolin, but it's got six strings on it. I could be wrong about what he was playing because I'm only interested in myself. Anyway, um, that was sarcasm. <laughs> nice. Oh, that was a Larry David laugh. That was good. It so, is Gigi.
1: Uh, it's a hard G. She's okay. telling me over here. So don't okay. say
0: Gigi. I'm
1: not going to say Gigi anymore. It's Gigi. I got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so
0: we start jamming. And then John Sebastian opens up this briefcase. And he's got like 25 harps and different keys. Mm-hmm. And he starts playing. See? So now there's us backstage. And this guy, Joseph Arthur, this really nice guy. I just did his show a couple of days ago. He comes in. He sits on a refrigerator. And he starts playing, you know, refrigerator drums. So we start playing Muddy Water stuff and we start playing, you know, Little Elvis and we start playing, we just go from one song to another. I look up and there's like 15 people standing in the doorway of the dressing room. Then Steve Conti walks in and he starts Aww. singing backgrounds and his brother John comes in. And aye, so like aye, everybody, aye. everybody that's on the show is standing by the door singing and clapping and singing. Oh. And Yorma said to me afterwards, he said two things to me that was really great. As a guitar player, he leaned it to me as we were playing. We were playing and he goes, you have a fantastic right hand. And oh. to, for a guitar player, that's really a great compliment. But after we finished, he said, dude, that was so good. Like I haven't seen that since the Fillmore in 68.
1: Oh my it was, God. It was
0: It was so organic.
1: Wow. Like, like,
0: like while people were watching the show out front, all of the artists were all standing around singing, playing blues and singing and this and that. And, and Fantastic. As, somebody, as time goes on, and you go out less, and you play less, unless you're in a touring band, things like that. Like Carol says to me, why do you go so early to these things? I'm like, for the hang? Yeah, it's like, those are my brothers and sisters. Like, like, uh, it's musicians. Like yeah. we sit, we, 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 we shoot the shit. Uh, and and we talk about music and guitars and did did you see the new this one put out a new guitar and that's what I miss is the hang and that's why when I do gigs I wind up going early just for that for the backstage banter you know
1: let's talk about that for a minute so life's changed I mean I know you're out there and you're playing but it certainly isn't like it used to be and we talked in the in the early pandemic. You you did this with me a couple of years ago. So now, how as a musician, how has like like? I assume most of the music you're making is in your home studio. No, 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 no.
0: I go. This is uh this is like a pre production. Putting ideas down. I, I my me and my co producer Bob Stander, Bill will Bill, Bill is shaking his head. Sorry. right? <laughs> uh, And um, we record at Bob's studio, which is out in Long Island. I've done all of my records there, you know, so it's a little bit of a a trek from from me. But, um, you know, that's where we do all the music. So, yeah, I go out, you know, I go out. Well,
1: it's okay. So is it
0: did you ever get COVID? I did. And I don't want it again.
1: Man, it was really bad for me. When, did, what, which version did you get?
0: Um, How long it ago? Was, it was in CinemaScope, actually. That version. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> so I didn't get it in New York. The whole two and a half years. I go to visit my mom in Florida. She's in Delray because it's the law.
1: I know you were you were worried about. Go- I but remember when bit. you were
0: talking. Stop a bit. <laughs> don't don't talk over my bits. Let, let's do it one more time. Go ahead. I went I went to visit my mother in Florida. She lives in Delray because pause. It's the law. Thank you. Good night, Thank everybody. Good night. I'll be here every Thursday this week. Thank you. So so I went down there and I was fine because she didn't get there. You know, her and my stepfather, they didn't get sick like while I was there. I must have got it on the airplane coming home. Hello. Um, you know, How long ago was that? This was uh, July of twenty-two. So I get home. Yeah. And.
1: and um, that, I, mean, I assume you wore a mask on
0: the plane and in the yes, airport and everything. Yeah. Not to, not to eat, though. Yeah,
1: obviously, yeah. Obviously, right? So yeah.
0: there must have been a moment, maybe when the flight attendant was standing over me, spitting on me, asking me <laughs> if I wanted Coke or Pepsi. You know, <laughs> God bless her heart, but. Um, I got home right, and, and Frankie, our, our daughter, she <laughs> yeah. said test right now. As I was negative, but as the day went on, I started to feel ill. The so same it, day? The same, well, no, no, I mean, it was the same day. It was- That it was you flew? Days. It was two days after I flew. Oh, okay. Okay. Like I was okay the first day. Mm-hmm. I tested negative, tested the next day negative um, at home testing and um, I started to feel sick. So we go to Urgent care. I tested positive. I guess I found out the next day, but they put me in the den, and they were basically just throwing meat into the <laughs> den. They wouldn't let me out. <laughs> no. Raw meat. Did they not get it? No, they both got it. They did, but because yeah. there was that time where I didn't know before, when I soon came home, right? But so Charlie the cat, who everybody knows now, right? Charlie. The yes, cat, we do. Um, he was only. Uh, we got him not too far. He's only going to be three in April.
1: Don't tell me he got it.
0: No, 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 no.
1: Animals um, can get it, by the way, which is crazy. But he didn't.
0: He didn't get it. Yeah. Or if he did, he didn't tell me. <laughs> but um, so I'm in the den, man, and as the night goes on, I'm starting to get really hot. And and now, so I wake. So Charlie wakes me up at five in the morning, and I'm completely drenched in sweat. And he wants to be fed. See he doesn't really care that I'm drenched in sweat. That's so correct. I'm not, so I'm on the main <laughs> floor and I go into the kitchen. I went into the kitchen to get aspirins and to feed him. And as I was getting his food, the room started spinning and I passed out and smacked my head on the stone kitchen floor.
1: Holy shit.
0: Like hard, <laughs> you know, like hard. Wow. And, and um, you know, I, I had the aspirins, right? And the aspirins went flying all over the place. So even though I was on the floor and I, I I banged my head, I was trying to get all the aspirins up. Of course, I'm so asleep. Charlie
1: wouldn't get them, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I got back into the bed and and then I was sick, and um, uh, we got Paxlovid, and and you know in like four or five days I started feeling better. I, I just don't want it again, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. I was but sick for like we, we a know people month. that
0: didn't. We know people. I I mean I lost 13 friends that yeah. I know about.
1: Wow, wow.
0: So you know we we had it bad, but we didn't have it that bad.
1: Jesus. Did you have any lingering? Um, I did the oh, Paxlovid yeah, no. and got the Paxlovid rebound, which was really not I, fun I at all. I
0: didn't have that, but I had a uh, vertigo that kept coming and going. Yep. But still today, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm still not hundred percent with that kind of me stuff. Too. Like, weird, yeah. weird stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, weird Coffee, stuff. coffee tastes weird to me. Still, it's been two months and it no, still I tastes, lose, I
0: didn't lose taste or anything like that, but I, I just weird symptoms of stuff that I never had before. You know, yeah. but let's move on. We we sound like yeah. we we'll, well we, we, sound like we sound like a couple of old Jews talking talk. about.
1: Her. <laughs> so, all right. So, but I want to get back to how. What are you we, talking
0: about? I got a <laughs> scar that runs from Healy here to <laughs> here.
1: How how has the music or has it changed? The scene has to have changed since COVID. Come on, the the hang, the scene, the the the, the amount of jo- gigs,
0: the, the. Here's the deal. I don't know about that. But I mean, I do stuff. I don't really play gigs. I do events, right? Right. Like I'm when I go to visit my mom in March. I'm doing an event at a Karen treatment facility. I'm going to do three songs at their a fundraiser. So mm-hmm. I do things like that. Mm-hmm. I go to Maryland and I do a, a kids uh, charity. You know, I don't have a band, so I don't go out and play. Right. I went down. Uh, Vinnie Pastore is a friend of mine, and he's got he's got a band. Vinny's done my to thing too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, he's and, already done it. Yeah.
0: And he, he uh, uh, I know he does. I, the first thing yeah. I asked him when I saw him, when I went down to see him, I said, are you wired? <laughs> um, but but anyway, um, he does this thing at the cut. He does it all over the place. Yeah. In fact, he's got a band. I'm going to do his uh, he's got a veterans charity. In at the Jersey Shore in November that I'm going to do. But he played at the cutting room. So he said, why don't you come down? Benny was the keyboard player in the musical direction. Benny Harrison? Yeah. He said, come and do th- <laughs> I didn't know three-
1: that. That's hysterical.
0: Come and do three songs. So, you know, I came and I played with, with them. And I do stuff like that. I'm totally into doing a couple of songs, packing my guitar and going home. You know, so so that's my life anyway. I don't really, you know, I don't hang out at clubs or anything like that. It's in, right. Something I'm not doing I don't know what anybody else is doing i do know that every time i go on on social media somebody that's out playing is sick with covid but it's yeah. different now unless you're elderly right like most of the people i have covid I've, I've been sick for three days and then it's over no
1: no no i i was sick for like four or five weeks it was it was really bad it was bad i mean i wasn't sick sick the whole time i was pretty sick it did fuck right. me but up. It, but, but it's not what it was. No. I mean, I wasn't going to die. I didn't go to the hospital. I could breathe. I mean, you know, uh, it wasn't like that.
0: And it's part of our lives now. So it's either you don't do anything for the rest of your life or you just go out. And and when I go out, I see minimal people wearing masks at clubs or anything like that. Oh, no, hardly at all. But listen, I took care of what I had to do med- medically, you know, and, and I go out and I try to you know, I don't.
1: In other words, you you got your vaccines and boosters, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And I go and live my life. You know, I can't. I mean, it's the viruses have been part of this world since the beginning of time,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: um, and that's the deal with that. So has it changed? I guess a, there was a lot of places that closed down that I think didn't re- reopen. Is mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. But uh, people are out there playing, man. New York, there's a bunch of clubs. People are playing. You know, the younger generation are out there playing. There's other clubs that people are playing blues. They're playing. City wineries always packed. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's going on on the West Coast, but but it's, it's yeah. I went
1: to see the Immediate Family at the Mint last week. It was packed. It was jammed. It was crazy.
0: Yeah, listen, um, New York. I was born in the Bronx. Yeah, I grew up. Me too. Until I was until I was 13, then we moved to Queens. Me too. And, and uh, um, uh, New York is is the best, you know, like these people that are on certain stations that are saying New York sucks and it's horrible and it's crime ridden. It's it's always it's a it's a metropolis, dude, there's millions of people here, you know, it's like, okay, there's problems. And there's always been problems. I was robbed by knife point outside of Max's. Of course, I was trying to do a drug deal, but. <laughs> and, and a matter of fact, specifically, Quaaludes, if I remember correctly. Seven, uh, always- seven. Fourteens. four-teens. Right. Yes, I still remember that. <laughs> but, but you know, it's it's glorious, this city. It's still, you know, I go into the city to get my hair cut and once every six or eight weeks or something like that. And I walk around and his, his place is down by, um, Uh, 11th street and eighth avenue you know i go to lunch by myself down there and i walk around and everybody's out it's new york man people want to come here from all over the world it's like you know shut up already don't come here i'm never going to new york okay fair enough but don't put the city down we got problems every every city's got problems but it's still new york baby and I'm, you I'm, know, I'm you that's
1: another that. thing we could have walked right past each other a million times cuz I grew up on I was first on the Grand Concourse blocks from Yankee Stadium. That's where and, I started. And I was
0: I was blocks from Yankee Stadium too, but up the hill on the other side. Oh. Like the stadium was in the middle of the Grand Concourse. You, you were going towards
1: like the zoo? No, wait, that's no, Pellet no. Parkway. That's my other na- that's I, mean, I live there here's too. Yankee wait. Stadium. Right? Okay, okay, right. Stadium. Yeah. There's the subway,
0: right? right. The, the, the L, the L train. I was you by go, the courthouse. you go up the hill. Yeah. Yeah. So the, up the hill is the courthouse. Right. And and, this, and the hotel where Mickey Mantle used to stay. And, oh, uh, yes. And Babe Ruth.
1: The, um, oh, I've, what's the name of that hotel? Wait, my father used to work there. Oh, God. What was no, it called? The great, the great, no, the, uh, I'll think fancy, of it anyway. The go, fancy hotel.
0: Yes. I was on the other side of the stadium. You go up the hill where all the buildings were. That's where I was. I was at Woodycrest Crest Avenue. I went to PS73. And I was, I'm a Yankee fan. I mean, I was going to the games when I was a little kid. I posted yeah. on Facebook like two weeks ago, a letter I got back from them. I invited Mickey Mantle to my birthday party. I saw that. To my sixth, <laughs> sixth birthday because we're born both on October 20th. Wow. You
1: know?
0: So, so Mickey Mantle was my hero. Turns out he was also an alcoholic and he um, drank, his books are fascinating about that, but, um, Hmm. And then after he passed, when he retired, Bobby Mercer, who became a friend of mine and his lovely wife Kay, Aww. and their kids, you know, he was my center field guy. Mm-hmm. But I'm still, Bobby the same guy. I'm still a Yankee fan. In mm-hmm. fact, if you look behind me, you see where Elvis is? No. On top of the dresser? See the picture? Oh, off? yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, those are all my baseball cards. In order. <laughs> Wait, in order and by team. <laughs>
1: now wait a minute I, is this the basement where you guys where sandy it. hit
0: yeah yeah so we it fixed it up a, d- we've, we fixed it up a little enough to we didn't want to put all the money back in because who knows what's going to happen at this point because everything's changing a little bit so what else you want to talk about
1: all right so so let's talk about this 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 why you do so much for for, for recovery and sobriety. So let's talk about All Sober, first of all. Oh, yes. Let's get people on board.
0: Go okay, ahead, tell so, us what that is. Okay, so I'm now 36 years in recovery, 36 and a half. Uh, technically, I'm in my 37th year. Yes, you are. <laughs> um, I always go for the technicalities and the technical <laughs> But, but um, I got involved with this wonderful platform called All Sober. It's allsober.com. The reason I got involved, somebody called me and said, I think you'd be great with these, uh, this platform and these people is uh, because because everybody knows that I'm in re- recovery, especially in the music business. You know, I not—I don't recover silently. Um, well, no, it's
1: also your art is wrapped up in it as well. So well, your craft. That, that,
0: that happened over
1: time, but right.
0: still, I mean, the last Blackheart record that I did on the back cover, I'm wearing my medallion around my neck, right? Uh, from my community community support group meetings,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right, and um, and I would get letters back then. You know, when people wrote letters with pens with feathers in them, coming out of <laughs> <in> them, <laughs> saying, "Oh man, I can't believe you're you're sober." Like um, you know, fans mm-hmm. would write stuff, and I didn't realize that was the first moment that I went, "Huh, that's interesting. Maybe I could be of some service mm-hmm. here." Years went by, and I got involved with playing music and doing recovery music groups. Those songs became these two records.
1: Oh yeah, and they're great records. Yeah,
0: those, those these are the songs, most of them that I would be playing at these, you know, recovery music groups at treatment facilities around the country, which shut down obviously when the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. So, but because everybody knows, I would get people finding me on Facebook, so you know, wherever Instagram, wherever, messaging me saying my brother is circling the drain. Can you, do you have any suggestions? Or I would do an event recovery event and some mom would come over to me and, and say, you know, I lost my son to fentanyl. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, now I try to help, you know, in any way I can. In, in other words, there's a lot of information out there, but it's, it's not in all, all in one place. So when, when a parent is dealing with a kid or a kid dealing with a parent or any, mm-hmm. any such uh, variable, you're in panic mode, right? And you're trying to figure out how to help somebody. I mean, I've, I've had close friends that we both know that have called me and, and told me, and, you know, what? do you know anybody that can get them into a place or... So, um, they also were, when I, when I first, uh, I've been working with them think, a year and a half now as an ambassador, so this is what they do. It's all in one place. I mean, it started out to be like if you were struggling and you needed to find a treatment facility. There's no favoritisms. it's all the treatment facilities that are in the country are, are on there. There's like a place that you could put in where you live, what insurance they take. And then it turned into stuff with content and, and all kinds of interesting articles. And, and they're gonna have, uh, if you need uh, interventions, if you're looking for a sober coach, like uh, what do you, you know, there's gonna be live meetings it's like, it's from, you know, soup to nuts. And we're nuts, so. Um, so I said, oh, this is great. So what they asked me to do is introduce them to organizations that might be interesting, which i you know, introduced them to Music Cares and, you know, this, this, this and that. And they said, can you uh, try to get people we have an inspiration page? So to show people from uh, that, that this can be done from maybe somebody that you grew up watching on TV or you listen to on the radio or you watch play tennis. So you, you know, it started out with that. And now it's just I'm just asking people that I know that have interesting stories uh, or have written a book like yourself. What's that? Oh, I don't hear you all of a sudden. Why can't I hear you? Yeah, I'm not hearing
1: you. Oh shoot, shoot! That was me. Oh, I accidentally okay. moved my thing. I said people okay. that don't belong there, like me. No, 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 no! Come <laughs> on, uh,
0: you wrote a book for crying out loud.
1: I did write a book. Yeah. I did, and you know, you know, you gave me an idea actually, Ricky. I was listening to you today, and you were saying how you gave out your CDs uh, at treatment centers. Yeah. And I realized I have some boxes of books that I'm gonna I'm gonna go around and do that. You know, people don't have anything to do when they're in there and they're in in there for 30 days. And my book is my share. Basically, it's thanks for letting and me that's, share. And that's a
0: great idea. And what I had was people coming over to me after my group and saying, "How do I take this music home with me?" So that's why I did these records. And I then love I would that. Bring a stack of them, and I would give them. I'd give them to the clinical director, and I'd say, "When they complete, you know, when ah. they complete." give them their, <clears throat> excuse me, give them a copy of the record. And to this day, I still get people that find me and go, man, I wanted to use last night and I listened to and they'd mention a song on the record, which is really amazing for a songwriter and for somebody in recovery. Wow. But, but so I, for the inspiration page, it's just growing and growing. I just one person leads to another. You know, I got Jerry Cooney, the boxer, my my new pal. Um, I I just got you. I was just on the phone with Butch Patrick, you know Eddie Munson. Which, which I had
1: talked to him about. No, I think I was waiting till. But you yeah. got him through another.
0: Yeah, and I talked. To him I was... today on the phone, and um, and just on and on. Ty Babylonia sent me her stuff. You know,
1: James stuff. Morrison did it for you last. James Morrison,
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, Snuffy's you know, Simon, on there. Snuffy's on there. Simon
1: Kirk. Okay, so I just had. I just. I know. Simon just did the show, and uh, you know, how did you? How do you and Simon? Where did you guys connect? Well, first did of you all, re- did
0: you connect through recovery or through music? No, 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 no. First of all, I came on the show for a second. I couldn't. I had something I had to do, but I came on. I said something. Hey, I said something, <laughs> and then I had to take off. But um, if I think I am met, I might have met Simon at, at one of David Fishoff's rock camps, or also Carol was doing publicity with for him, mm-hmm. and and introduced us. We became friends, and we did there was a point where I was playing when I was trying to figure out who I was. I was playing some gigs around town bitter end stuff. And it was me on acoustic chasm, Sultan on bass, and Simon on drums. Oh, wow. I didn't know but, that. When was that? I'm gonna say the 90s. Middle 90s. I knew you then.
1: Old. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. And, and we played events together. There's this group of musicians that play all these events, you know, like, Jeff Carlisi from 38 Special Liberty, Liberty DeVito. You know, <laughs> we're, all, to we're, all, we're all in the same crew that when there's these events around the country, we get called to be in the house band, right? Right. Um, so that's that's how I met Simon. Years go by, you know, Simon finds recovery. I got Simon for the page, you know, but we're from we don't we don't see or talk to each other all the time, but we're always winding up on the same kind of event. I love that. He's great. I love, and you know, there have been times where I played with him, and I've done all right now. I've done free and bad company songs with them, which is amazing at events. But even playing my stuff, you know, I've
1: Snuffy been, played on on
0: Heartbreaker. I read that. Did he do the lead?
1: He did the lead.
0: Yeah. Oh my God, that's an amazing lead. Yeah, oh, yeah. I said that. I will. So Kassov was already in his heroin addiction, I guess. He
1: was he was in there and he was glaring. He couldn't play. I can't remember what what was going on with Kassov was great. The best. He vibrato. couldn't play and, and uh, yeah, he was Kossoff glaring. Kassov had the, okay. the best
0: oh. vibrato in the business. Hmm. But um, that, I'm in, tell him I'm impressed. That's a really great guitar. I, will. Uh, I will. But um, what were we talking about, Simon? Oh oh, so we're playing one of my songs. And I and my brain automatically and I've had this a million times because I get to play with all these people I grew up listening to. Right. And I'm going, oh, my God, in my head inside. As the comedian would say inside, Um, (laughs) I'm thinking to myself, that's the freaking drummer from Bad Company and Free, (laughs) like he's playing behind me. And I'm going, oh, my God, no. Right. Yeah, because I recognize the licks, see. You know, the, uh, drum, the, drum, the drum beats, his style. Right. I've been lucky to play. I've had moments that, yeah, no, I don't want to write a book, so don't even say it. No, no but,
1: you know, we didn't, we've never talked about this, That because I didn't meet John Waite until, until the last three years, since the pandemic. He's done my show a bunch of times, but I didn't know you go back with John.
0: Oh, dude, I, me, Carol, and uh, John were, like, you know, glued. And there was a point where we were hanging out every night, going out to clubs and stuff like that. Because John, this is how I met John. When was that? Okay, so uh, it's too many stories, but you know, I had that band Susan on RCA, so we did a record. Okay,
1: and you guys, you guys opened for Graham Parker,
0: didn't you? Yeah, we did the Graham Parker tour, squeezing out the sparks. That was my. I first. love that, that was. That was a, I saw that tour. That was my first <laughs> national tour, so wow. uh, and I watched him every night.
1: Well, I but, love Graham Parker. What, what
0: year was that about I'm gonna say 79 like I, the band was 70 78 maybe we did the record 79 or 80 something mm-hmm. mm-hmm. but that after that band Susan fell apart and I was trying to figure out what to do next. I had a couple of options. Carol worked at Libra Krebs, which is a uh, was a famous uh, man oh, yeah company, without mm-hmm. going into detail. Mm-hmm. You know, they managed Aerosmith and Ted Nugent. My friend Paul
1: used to work there, yeah. Uh,
0: and, and Carol knew that Humble Pie was one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Steve Marriott was always up there. She and Juice Stuff, me and Steve Marriott became friends. So I'm hanging out with Steve Marriott. In fact, when Carol and I used to have a fight, I would go stay with Steve and his <laughs> wife, Pam. They had an apartment in the village. <clears throat> and uh, please don't be coming down with something. Oh. Uh, and 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 John Wade just moved, he just left the babies and moved to the United States. Somebody from Chrysalis Records thought we'd be good together and hooked us up and we started writing together. And oh. that was that that was fun. We were all maniacs. Let's just let's clear the air here. It was the maniac time. So yeah, we, we were writing together, but we were hanging out more than writing. And um, uh, some, somewhere I have a demo of him singing something that we wrote, but I don't know where the hell it is. So that's how we became I mean, friends. I love you know? John. Yeah. I haven't seen him in ages. I see him sometimes on social media. But I haven't seen him in ages. I'm glad he's out there playing. Yeah, he's know.
1: always he seems to always be on the you road. You know,
0: I did a short tour with him. I did like two weeks. He called me sometime was it in the two thousand? No, it had to be in the in, was it in the nineties? Dude. Wow. Man, I can't I can't my timeline is all screwed up. Mm-hmm. I did a bunch of gigs with him. We wound up playing outside of Vegas. Just a bunch of gigs. We play, I think we played I think we played Webster Webs not Webster what was it before Webster, Webster Hall? Hall Before Webster Hall. Um
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw I saw I saw Andy Summers there. It used to be called um
0: The Ritz. The Ritz. Yeah. On, right. And and you know, Joan, we did a New Year's Eve show from the Ritz, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway. I saw uh, Andy Summers at the Ritz
1: and Sting was there. Oh my god, space. Anyway, yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, when I was in my deepest maniac behavior i would go to the ritz we would go to the ritz to see see I they I really the ritz. wanted to see let's say chuck berry yeah and i spent the entire night in the bathroom in the vip room oh, upstairs it was upstairs Up, yeah. yeah there was a room there and there was a band people going uh can you come out yeah i'll be right out, right out. <laughs> you know oh god and i was I, in that I, room I, with
1: john prine once oh
0: god and i'd hear i'd hear like the music muffled from outside you know so, so you know, yeah. So I played with John. You see the people in my my uh, my bio and stuff that I played with is because I've been in these house bands. Yeah, I toured with Joan. Mm-hmm. Did a record with Roger Daltrey. Tour did a radio tour with him. Played some really cool gigs. We played Carnegie Hall together and this and that. Toured with Ian Hunter and and all those other wonderful names. You see on my bio is because I'm in these house bands. So I do three songs with Smokey Robinson, three songs with Brian Wilson. Three songs that made the staples, you know, on and on and on. So I'm lucky and blessed that I, I'm in this crew that gets to do all of these cool, you know, these cool events. Now Roger Daltrey, we did have to I record. was
1: just gonna ask you, how did that I happen? Know,
0: you, you had it written all over your face
1: and and you just got to meet Lauren Gold,
0: who's yes, been playing with Roger
1: right. for the last like twelve years, and with the Who for the last eight or nine or we, something. We did a great,
0: we did a great kids charity in uh, Maryland. Uh, I I just
1: t- spoke to Lauren today. I love Lauren.
0: Must have been five months ago or something like that. But uh, so we do have the record here in New York. I co-wrote mm-hmm. some songs. My friend Gerard McMahon pulled me in. He was producing the record, and we did half at half at Abbey Road which, wow. again, that's another thing. Like, oh, my I, God. I'm at Abbey Road, um, and we're in the booth singing. Like, two things I remember from that. Roger's in one booth. I'm playing guitar here. He's singing, singing a melody that I helped write. And I'm playing, and my brain oh is my God. In, inside again. <laughs> I go, it's freaking Roger's altar. <laughs> you know? Yeah, fuck yeah. And, and I'm in the band, you know?
1: oh god and
0: and then then on breaks me and him would watch football in this little like you know this little room they had at abbey road and i would look across from him uh you know english football soccer and i would look across and i'm going i'm watching soccer with roger daltrey it's crazy (laughs) like like i saw the who play at forest hills tennis stadium in like in 1972 or whatever the hell it was so all of those things are yeah, I'd make a wonderful book, but I, I don't have it in me, because we, we definitely do not need another freaking musician book. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, the moments like playing All the Young Dudes with Ian Hunter in London, shit. Oh, shit. And, and being the guy that goes,
1: da, 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 da.
0: you know, yeah, it's like I got a million of those things. Wow. Singing, doing In My Room with Brian Wilson, doing... um. I'll take you there. With you the played latest, with fucking
1: Paul McCartney. Oh, that guy. Yes, that's
0: true. <laughs> that guy. You played, that. you played
1: with a Beatle. You played with two Beatles.
0: I know. That was at the that was at the Rock Hall induction. That was quite the evening.
1: So I just watched your induction speech again. Um, I hadn't seen it in a couple of years, and uh, what, you're very funny, as you know. What really cracked me up though is Joan is so deadpan behind you through that. Well, she, no, let's, she let's loosens forget,
0: up twice, but they can't hear what I'm saying. Oh, so they're reading the speech off the monitor across the room. Like I am, Oh, you know, they can hear a little bit, but not fully right. right? So I was so,
1: wondering what that was all about. She was just way Well, too... they said
0: to us beforehand. They said, don't, we don't want to put a podium, there's going to be a podium, but don't look down and read the speech. We're going to put it on monitor. So you're looking forward which turned out to be a good idea because the table in front of me had Paul, Ringo, Yoko, Joe Walsh, (laughs) their wives. And I'm like, okay, I kept saying to myself, don't look down, don't look down.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Right.
0: But, but, um, we were sitting at the front table, you know, I mean, it was just, I can't explain it. It was just, it's, the whole thing started even when when Carol and I got off the plane, in cleveland and there were people in the airport like when you come out waiting with blackheart records
1: oh for my me my sign.
0: and i'm like i turned to carol and said this is for real isn't it <laughs> this is actually happening you know wow and and, and and the night was great and it was a very long night because i know i guess people don't realize the hbo part of it is way shorter than the actual right event like right hours shorter wow know? uh-huh but but the night but but I was told that Joan wants to play with her new band. It sounded, yeah, that sounds right. Um, and I'm going to be in the uh, finale. And, and the producer said, who was a friend, is a friend, Alex Coletti, he said, I'm going to put you right next to Joe Walsh on stage. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I just
1: got to meet Joe a few months ago.
0: Because yeah. I I grew up on Fun Forty Nine and hell James
1: yes guy, hell you know? yes I saw the James Gang in seventy one you know? or some shit yeah
0: so so we you know it's the finale and we're at Soundcheck and the first thing that happens Ringo comes over and he sees my little medallion again the goddamn medallion yep and he looks at me and he goes uh, one of us huh <laughs> like that and I said to I said to Ringo and I told the story I uh, uh, I said. How do I not cry during my speech? <laughs> and Ringo said, not in the Ringo voice, in the Ringo cartoon voice. <laughs> he said, there's nothing wrong with crying.
1: He oh, 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 oh. Which, he, he's actually a crier. I think it, it was John Wait came on and told the story about giving, bringing
0: Ringo a T-shirt or something and Ringo cried. He was so moved. Yeah, yeah. Well, so he told me that. And then when I'm in treatment, I'm in treatment playing for these guys and somebody starts a tough guy with a tattoo on his neck, so it's tearing up. I tell that story, right? It's a great so, story, right? So, so at Soundcheck, Paul schaefer has got the list. Okay, um, Joe, you play the first solo. So it's "I Want to Be Your Man" and a little help from my friends. He says, oh "So I want to be your man." He goes, "Joe Walsh, you do the first solo. I think um, Billy Joe from uh, Billy Joe from Green Day, you do the second solo. Ricky do the third solo. You know, Gary Clark Jr. on and on and on." Okay, so this is sound check. And I'm looking and I'm, I'm seeing nobody's actually going near Paul. And my brain says, you're never gonna have this chance again. So when it came time for the show, when it came time for my break, uh, and you can see in the pictures, Paul, I, I think he tapped me on the shoulder or something like that. I went straight over to McCartney. And I'm standing face to face with him. And yes, you him. are. He's smiling back at me and watching my guitar playing. It's like, Now, the funny part is I was so in the zone. Was I nervous? No, I wasn't nervous because we were just all up there in a band kind of. Right. But I was so like in this surreal situation that I played the same Chuck Berry riff for the entire solo. Like just over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> you know? but but it but it worked. and i said to him at, at, at the after party i said i hope you didn't mind me coming over to you and i told him the story i said look i figured this is never going to happen again in my lifetime <laughs> i'm going over to mccartney this, he started laughing and he said no that was great he said that was so rock and roll he said people are a little intimidated to come over and i'm like you know and i got some good pictures out of, of, you of have great pictures Yeah, and there's one picture where it's Paul, me, and and behind us is Ringo Ringo. on the drums. I'm like, I'm like, okay, did this really happen? Because (laughs) this looks really weird.
1: (laughs) It's great. It's absolutely great. Oh my God.
0: I've loved my career, and I'm very blessed to have such a great career, and it's still rocking and rolling. But you know what I've always wanted to be
1: a comedian a Borschtfeld yes. comedian
0: absolutely put me in a bad suit and let me do the late show for the drunk couples that came up from nyack let me do 20 minutes and i'd be the happiest guy in the world you know, i love at, it at, at the pines hotel which is where i started out in the <laughs> my rock my father
1: did the pines oh my
0: god i was in the rock band in the pines hotel and we played in the teen room and, i was and, down the
1: street at green acres
0: and and we used to go after our show for the teens every single time we would go into the big room and watch shecky green and uh uh malsey uh, lawrence malsey lawrence yeah and on and on and on like that Freddie was,
1: roman
0: that, freddie roman <laughs> who i got to, i was a friar for like a year and i got to hang out with him <laughs> and and um uh yeah that was that was my thing right like i loved it you know so we went to see me and Ken dasho uh, New York's most famous oh, yeah. uh, radio DJ, mm-hmm. you know, Q104. We had a thing, a pack that anytime any of these guys played at Westbury, we would go see them because now there's like nobody. Mm-hmm. We just lost Shecky Green, right? So we go to see, um, I've been insulted by two fi- great, actually Richard <laughs> Lewis insulted me too, but, you know, fun. fun. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, Rickles insulted, it was with out too, and his wife Jane and Carol. We went to see him we were sitting in the front row and immediately went for my hair (laughs) but but so we go to see freddie roman it was freddie roman it was um the guy that played the riddler on batman um
1: gorshin frank gorshin
0: who was by the way loaded and insulted the crowd oh did he He, he get booed he got booed and people were walking out wow and i can't remember who the third person was it might have been red buttons who was a doll mm. so we go backstage and freddie roman and you know me so you know like i'm like in my this is it <laughs> this is all i want out of life freddie roman's in his tux with the bow tie hanging like after a dean martin <laughs> show yeah, yeah. like like a vodka gimlet probably or something in his hand and he said, um, he goes, he goes, can I get you something? Can I get you, would you like a drink, some drugs? You know, clowning around. I said, I said, no, thanks. These days only, this is before my hair turned white. I said, these days only my hair is chemically dependent. <laughs> and it was dead silent. And I went, and I went, hair chemically dependent. <laughs> so now I'm doing a bit. And he goes, I heard you. <laughs> And I was so like, oh my god, that was so beautiful. <laughs> Freddie and Roman just knocked me down, you know. So you know,
1: my father was a Catskills MC I and know. introduced all those guys, all those guys. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I love you, <laughs> but mostly I love the fact that your father was an MC, in, you know. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So so tell me, what do you, what do you think of the, this season of Curb? How are you feeling? A lot of screaming. I'm not, I'm not. this, the third one, which I fell asleep during, I have to watch the rest, I thought was, started out very funny. One and two? Richard, Richard. Sorry. No,
0: Richard was, Richard was Richard. He was great. You know, and I, and I told him that he was, he was great when he was in the golf cart.
1: I feel, he's in the third one, yeah, he's right? In the th- yeah, yeah, I fell asleep great. during the third one. I have to go back and watch it.
0: I love, I am so excited that I'm like pals with Richard Lewis. <laughs> like, yeah. I've never met him. We got to be friends on social media first, right? But we've talked. We fun. came
1: out of a doctor's office at the same time. <laughs> That's
0: what Perfect. Couldn't be better. <laughs> but but he's, the ni- he's just the nicest guy. And he's That's had a lovely. rough couple of years. You know? Oh, yeah but he's just a, just this fabulous gentleman um and um and i keep trying to do bits with him and he, he keeps going stick to guitar playing, <laughs> and and you think i'd be insulted by that but like i love that <laughs> you know
1: so you know phil's new season just started i think today
0: oh, it's on tv yeah love it,
1: it, everybody loves uh, every uh, somebody feed phil just started i think it was today or yesterday mumbai i think is yeah
0: we watched that yeah. we're we're, we're mm-hmm. phil fans here on i House. know
1: we've talked about how much you guys love phil yeah so
0: he seems like i know we've talked about this too but i what i love about his show but beyond the cooking part of it um is he just makes it his, his his goal seems to be that we're all the same no matter where you are in the world mm-hmm and that i find really heartwarming because i think that's the big problem we're having right now is mm-hmm. people don't realize that under the skin it's all the same blood mm-hmm. and i and i love him for for being that guy that you know makes us all feel like one love you know that saying keith richards always says one love
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know yeah. what else i got nothing else are we done
1: you go, you going to sing a song for
0: us oh shit yeah
1: you you committed
0: because i got i got a, a new bag of oreos with peanut butter in between
1: oh is that why you're rushing i <laughs> well, want to like, know how you eat all this endemines and all this and devil dog and you're so skinny how do you eat all this pastry
0: i don't know i don't, I don't know, know. I'm, I'm just uh it annoys
1: me that you can eat all that shit
0: yeah but i mean i got to work out. i go to the gym a, a, a bunch and you know like uh, the stomach is not the way i'd like it you know, well, you're
1: skinny a Malink, as my father
0: used to say. What are you going to sing for us? Is it Malink or Marek? Malink. Skinny Malink. Malink. What are you going to oh, um, What are you going to sing for us? This is so uncomfortable doing it. Here. Sorry. I got I got arms on the chair I, Oh, yeah.
1: that's not good.
0: All right. So, um, that's it uh, so this is one of the songs that I would do um, at treatment. So if you picture, picture, if you will, uh, set the premise, um, it's called Ain't Gonna Live Like That No More, right? And I wrote it with this great songwriter in New York called Emily Duff. Um, and at the end, there's a sing-along, Say, I ain't gonna live like that no more, no more. So when we would get to it, it would either be, you know, the men's group or the women's group or they combine the groups. Could be 70 people sitting in front of me and they all start to sing. And they're in treatment and some of them are in treatment two days and they all oh. start to saying, I ain't gonna live like that and you're just oh. a lump in your throat, right?
1: Oh, I love this. All right, good, good, good. Okay, I'm I'm muting so myself this, this, this and is, this
0: is this is like a bluesy tune. Like there's a lot of like real sweet, gentle songs about recovery. I just don't feel like I'm on that sweet gentle mood tonight.
1: Well, we like this mood.
0: Go for yeah, it, yeah. go. Mm-hmm. The tiger, what's behind the door? I know one just might kill me, but I got to get some more. The devil's dealing aces, cause he knows just what you need to keep you in the alley, begging bargains on your knees. But I ain't gonna live like that. No more no more. I ain't gonna live like that. No more no more. God. No, I ain't gonna live like that. No more, no more. No more, no more, baby. Listen, working hard at nothing, just fixing for a hit. Crawling from the consequences, swearing this is it. A <laughs> lie begins a lie, truth is laying low. My bullshit stick with every trick to get me where I got to go, but I ain't gonna <laughs> live like that no more, no more. I ain't gonna live like that no more, no more. Hell is living for the need and the score. No, I ain't gonna live like that. No more, no more. Take me to the bridge. I'm circling the train. I can't tell the pleasure from the pain. This ain't my fate, I'm gonna get on the straight.
1: (laughs) Coming to, it's 5pm, I woke up three
0: times today. God, grant me the serenity to shake this pain away. Mm-hmm. I'm cold, tired, and need some strength to get me off the ground. I pray you help me turn this down and dirty life around. But I ain't gonna live like that no more, no more. I ain't gonna live like that. I ain't going to live like that no more, no more. I ain't going to live like that no more, no more. I ain't going to live like that no more, no more. Imagine 70 people singing this
1: singing in my head I love it. I love it. That's that's a great song to sing in a recovery house. What a perfect song. I love it. That's and fantastic.
0: What I, would, what I would do is when I finish, I would go through the lyrics with them. And would, what, get, Is there a line anybody out there IDs with? Raise your hand. Because well, oh, I, yeah, yeah, I know yeah, there was yeah,
1: a line yeah. from the serenity prayer or something in there, wasn't there?
0: Uh, Lord grant me the serenity. to Take mm-hmm. this pain away. Mm-hmm. You know, working hard at nothing. See, I saw you laugh at this. Working hard at nothing, just fixing for a hit. Crawling from the consequences, swearing this is it. Right? <laughs> a lie begets a lie, the truth is laying low. My bullshit stick with every trick to get me where I got to go. <laughs> yeah, so
1: it's fabulous. Okay, so where can everybody find where's the where's the best place? I, I went on Spotify, and that's probably the worst place. Where, where's the best place for people to stream your music, buy your music, get your music?
0: Uh, you know. I'm starting to feel like De Niro and King of comedy down in this basement. <laughs> it's really weird. Mom,
1: I'm busy. And <laughs> you need Carol to say dinner's ready. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Which by the way, she does. <laughs> in the middle of the interview, she'll open the door and yell down your food's on the table. I'm doing an interview, <laughs> but uh, it's like the Ozzy and Harriet show, but, um, well, RickyBird.com. Okay, has got everything. I gave
1: them that link. I'll repeat it. And,
0: and all of those photos that I post, you can see tons more. There's galleries of career photos in there, on on, on RickyBird.com. Plus, there's a store. Wait, I
1: went in there. There weren't that many pictures in there uh, on the pa- you, on the pictures, on the
0: photos page. No, there's galleries. There's like six galleries filled with pictures.
1: I probably didn't go into the galleries. Okay.
0: Okay. You got to go into the gallery. I
1: have to go into, well, I've seen all you, I've seen all of your pictures many yeah. times.
0: Uh, every time I go through a book, one of the books, I find another one. Oh, nobody's seen this, but, um, streaming is YouTube. All my records, uh, even before Wicked Cool is good at this, all the songs they're up on YouTube. You know the ones that i've put out so far because i'm still working right
1: on but do you isn't there a, don't you want people to do it so that you make money on it
0: streaming you can't make money spotify okay spotify I'm gonna, that yeah. i'm gonna talk to you as a musician okay everybody if you like what a musician does not just me and they mm-hmm. put music out freaking download it see because that's the only way that money is seen right uh streaming is nonsense it's right. for the only thing that streaming does is if you get a certain amount of streaming it puts you on different lists and stuff like that i haven't heard one person tell me it turns into money right except for people like jay-z or you know Taylor. swift billy eilish or, yeah yeah when you're getting billions of streams right but for most musicians it's there's nothing there you know it's it's just vanity right you want you want to help us make more music why do I feel like Jerry Lewis at the telethon? Are we gonna check the tote <laughs> board? Ed, check the tone board, Ed. Okay. Trini Lopez, ladies and gentlemen. I just like to <laughs> um it's three in the morning. Trini Lopez. I
1: did you stay I used to stay up all of night and did. watch it.
0: Yeah, of course. But if you if you like what we do, then go on um there's links on my page you go yeah. on, if, you, if you go on my but there's store, lots of links on your page so
1: what's the best
0: link for them to hit go to go to my store on rickybird.com and there's a link for all of my records right That's that. and, mm-hmm. and within those you can download the music you know and and that's it and you're helping us if, listen i'm telling you the music business will come to a a, a drop and that'll be it because if, if if we can't afford to do new music there's only going to be certain people that are going to be putting out music. If you want rock and roll stuff yeah. and, and, you know, uh, 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 Americana or whatever else like that, not everybody has record deals. You know, a lot of us are doing this, putting your own money into it. Uh, thank God I'm with Wicked Cool. But but um, there's got to be some return on it. We can't just, you know, it costs money to go into the studio and, and hire musicians to play on your stuff. So downloading... Yeah, it's only ninety nine cents a, a, a download. But you imagine if you get ten thousand, you know, that helps pay for somebody to play on the record or something like that. Right. So that's my plea as a, a musician uh, is if you really and and, it may, and a lot of people don't understand or don't realize this. If if there's music you like and you're a person a patron of the arts, you know, I don't think I've ever used that sentence my whole life. <laughs> that 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 particular sentence, I don't think it's ever that phrase. Um, go and download your, your favorite musician's stuff and put it on your phone. Yeah. I know. I know you can listen to it for free and you're paying $11 for, um, for your uh, subscription, Apple plus. Yeah. But do it <clears throat> for the musicians, right? Because you're, that's a subscription. That subscription that you're doing is not really helping. No, not at not all. Helping. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I'm great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you love the stuff and you're listening to it, but to, you, you know, but okay. it's like going
1: on YouTube. I love to go to YouTube because I want to watch the live performance of it. Right. But that's not helping the musician at all. No. So I love this. I'm I just download to do, I'm the song. Do I'm
0: starting to do TikTok now. <laughs> Are you? I got I to start, start doing tricks with Charlie somehow. I got to teach him tricks. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, so right this minute, what I got going on and then that's the end because I, I have nothing else to say. I'm going to start being, start saying the same stuff. I have to right.
1: go eat my fatburn dinner. Yeah.
0: Um, uh, Rhapsody and Blues is my tribute beautiful instrumental tribute to jeff Beck. you could download that right now i would love to see an uptick in downloads and you could download it on my website there's a, there's also a wicked cool one but it's it if you go to my website it'll take you to that the link under the picture from the okay. single cover the single cover for for Raptors gotcha and Blues.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: one for jeff you click on that, it'll tell you exactly where to download it
1: I'm going to do that. I'll
0: I'll forever be in your debt. I'm going to do that. And I'm
1: going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ask all of you who are watching, who enjoyed this, to go over and to rickybird.com and to uh, click download on Rhapsody and Blues tonight. Yeah. And uh, Ricky, thank you for doing this. It was great to to spend, uh, to spend the time with you. It's always wonderful. And please send my love to Carol and, uh,
0: and say hi. To, well, I, I saw Snuffy before we started. Yeah, you did get to you know, say hi. I was going to ask you. I don't. It's too late now. You can tell me in private. Where did Snuffy come from? Where did that name come from?
1: It's from snuff. From oh. he he <laughs> Levi Garrett. His name was William Garrett Walden. They called him Garrett in camp when he was like six years old. They started calling him Snuffy because of Levi Snuff. Yeah, because it's okay. snuff. Because Levi. <clears throat> yeah, because they made snuff. So anyway, that's where it came from.
0: I just yeah, I was thinking about that.
1: Sorry about the coughing. I'm just Didn't I send you his out. documentary? Didn't I send you the link for his documentary? I, I do thought I enough. sent that to you. I'll send it to you. You have to watch. It's
0: probably with all the other links that I'm backed up to. <coughs> I, I'm trying to finish a record.
1: Yeah. All right. I'm not sending it to you now. I'll send it to you later. Um, anyway, thank you so, so much for doing this. Um, always love spending time. By the way, did you, are you the one who brought Elliot Easton to the Rock and Roll Cafe in the 80s?
0: Probably because we were all hanging out and we were friends. I'm
1: thinking you did. You know, I just saw him play with the immediate family. He stepped in for Wadi, who who's, yeah, yeah. and, uh, and he sang with the good times Roll." He did. It was like amazing. He was great.
0: Elliot, Elliot's like, hey, Ricky, what time are we going out? In that voice, <laughs> you know, oh God, we, we partied like, like maniacs. You know, once in our old neighborhood in the city, I was going out to get bagels and I saw Wadi walking his dog. He was working on the, the Keith record
1: yeah
0: and i said hey man i didn't know him. i might introduce myself i said i'm going out to get bagels he said dude he said he didn't say dude he said keith is killing us man i'm just coming home from the studio
1: oh. it was
0: like eight it was probably nine thirty in the morning and he's i think he was walking a dog if i'm not mistaken but uh, seems like a nice guy. I didn't really get it. He's a very
1: nice guy. He's a great guy. All right. You're a nice guy. Um, so I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much, Ricky. Uh, RickyBird.com. And it'll yeah. be in the liner notes. I love I'll you. I'll see I will you, talk you to you.
0: I'll see you on social media.
1: There we go. Take care, Ricky. Bye-bye.